so spooky. So, hello, and welcome to the TMI. That's my interest pod. I am Rebecca. I am a data analyst at a major CPG manufacturer in the United States. Leo. <laughs> oh, we're doing star signs today. Uh, yes. Well, I'm Megan. I am an English teacher in Japan, originally from the deep south of the U.S., and I'm a Gemini. Nice. So I guess I'm two-faced. And I guess I'm overconfident and loud. That's the that stereotypes I've heard around Leo's. I, I, I don't it? feel, I mean, I can be loud. I don't feel like I'm can overconfident, we, though. I feel like we can all be loud. We can all be loud. When I was in Japan, I did get shushed. Oh my god, you just reminded me of some trauma. There was some old white man, not even Japanese man, on the train. It was like the last train, which is Uh noisy normally. And Uh me and my friend Diana were a little drunk. and We were having a very loud conversation. But he walked over like the foreigner patrol and was Uh like, how long have you guys lived in Japan? And we were like, "Uh, several years. And he was like, well, you're being a little loud. Uh, people are looking at you and they're annoyed so maybe be quiet or something like that and then walked away and we were like what the fuck what the fuck foreigner patrol that's what it felt like are you kidding me it would have been acceptable or i shouldn't say acceptable tolerable if it were a japanese person a japanese elderly person especially but yes I think it would have been tolerable. Come on. I think he also could have said it in a lot of different ways. I think he could have been like, I am annoyed. Because that's what he was saying. Mm. Like, he could have also been like, hey guys, sorry, you're being a little noisy. I don't know. Like, it was just, Uh. it was a lot of things. It was like, he was an old white dude, so he could tell us what he was to do, what, what we should be doing. He was like, the foreigner expert. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, that's the side foreigner story. expert. I don't know if that's gonna stay in this episode or not, but it's we'll there. Find now. out. Find out when I edit. Uh, but yeah, E-D-D. Rebecca, what uh is our podcast about? So our podcast is a podcast where we share one another's interests. We teach each other about you know whatever it may be that we are interested in. Maybe. You know, it's a particular news incident. Maybe it's something like The Bachelor. (laughs) And we educate each other and hopefully all of our listeners on uh, whatever eclectic topics we come up with. That was a great description. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) It's my inner Leo. Your what? My inner Leo. <laughs> oh, why? Why are you so? Are you usually this into star signs? No, I actually don't believe in star signs. I'm. This is tongue in cheek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So today's topic is very exciting. It's not sad at all or anything. Also, tongue in cheek, mm. and it is. The Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 is a thing that happened. Um, How about before I talk about it, uh, Rebecca, why don't you tell me what you know about it? I also wrote down some specific questions I can ask you. Oh, God. Um, So I feel like this is an event... Yeah. that happened um yeah. true within... of all events <laughs> this is accurate <laughs> it has happened within the past 10 years that is true and i feel like it may have even happened while you and i were abroad 
Oh my god, you are correct. Oh my god. Um, it happened in 2014, March 8th, which is when we were studying abroad, which is how we met. Yes. If you did not listen to the introductory episode, that is how we met. Yes. Um, All right. Um, well, you said it was an event. So what happened in this event? Um, oh, my goodness. This is a tangent. And maybe if you Go edit this out, I understand. No, but no. <laughs> the Stay reason it. I remembered that it was during our year abroad is because my parents and my grandmother came to visit me while I was an exchange student. And um, my parents and my grandmother. And when they visited, which I think was March 2014, the Malaysian airline story was all over the news. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember seeing it in their hotel room because they were like watching BBC. Um, So... Yeah, so I I remember that. All I remember about it is that obviously it was a flight that supposedly went down in the middle of the ocean and they couldn't find the plane or the people. I don't know. This is okay. truly pretty not good. an expert at all. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's pretty good. Um what other questions do i have so what do you think happened did or no before that did they ever find the plane or anything from the plane or any bodies god that is a great question i'm really grilling you you can just say you don't know no that is a great question i don't know if it's like due to like a lack of follow-up or um like follow-up on my part that i don't know what (laughs) happened or if it's because they never found anyone, but I'm going to go with, they never found anyone because to my knowledge, they never found anything. All right. And yeah, this is good. Cause I feel like you're an educated person who lives abroad. So you, you know, would have paid attention to this. So I feel like your reactions are going to be similar reactions of other people out in the world. Mm. Um, and my final question, sorry, I'm like grilling you a lot. You can I love being grilled. <laughs> you are going to be, blackened blackened i'm a vegetarian so we'll say blackened like a charred vegetable like you're gonna you're gonna be a fried onion not fried you're gonna be a a, you know when you like go to yakiniku oh crap what's in korean barbecue and you like leave Mm. the onion on too long that's how you're gonna that'll be me but those taste great i love i when i make a s'more my marshmallow is like black (laughs) On oh god, fire. one of those? No. I like yeah, a nice brown marshmallow. I'll take it like charred. That is I went to the beach not too long ago. Another tangent. I went to the beach not too long ago. I made s'mores. Great experience. It's good. I can't really make s'mores in Japan. You can't buy graham crackers. Mm. Or like, well, I mean, I guess you can buy chocolate. You just can't buy Hershey chocolate, which is what you're supposed to make a s'more with. Oh, is that what you're supposed to make a s'more with? Yes, it is. I think any chocolate bar is fine. I feel like you need to use it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what? I was going to say something else. I was about a tangent. Crap. Oh, wait. Airplanes. Airplanes. I'm just asking the question. S'mores. Onions. I don't know. Okay. Um, what do you think happened to the plane? Um, like why disintegrated into the ocean. Oh, you're asking why? <laughs> like, why did it end up in the ocean? Or why the plane went down? Yeah. I'm assuming some type of, it has to be malfunction with the computer software. Cause like, aren't, this is speculation, but my understanding of, of planes at this point is that they are basically like, the pilot is only there to make sure the computer doesn't fail. That like the planes are like fully almost run by computers. So That's my assumption is that the computer failed. Huh. Okay. It's good. I think there is a lot of autopilot in planes, but pilots can turn off the autopilot if it's, like, mm. freaking out. So, like, mm. I don't know what happened, by the way. I have some theories. But... Damn, oh, so they still don't know! They don't... Oh. <laughs> Spoiler! They have some Spoiler! Ideas. Spoiler. Okay, well, then I'll get started with uh, giving you my info, 
I have about nine pages of notes. I love it. Three of those are like some figures that I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna list a couple of my sources. My main source was Wikipedia, because Wikipedia this is, a podcast is and this not is a, podcast. a scholarly paper. Amen to that. Um, I also read a couple of articles, one from The Atlantic, and I think one from Reuters. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously Wikipedia gets its info from lots of random place, mm-hmm. like lots of different um, primary sources. Mm-hmm. Or are news articles primary or secondary? I think they're primary. A it news article news. is a primary source, primary. I feel. Unless, yeah, it does depend on the source. I mean, obviously it's like, oh. Well, I guess if it was like random. a op-ed, would it be secondary? I don't know. This is just me spitballing. Yeah, because that's a, that's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes. So I'm going to tell you about Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, which was a flight in March of 2014 that sadly disappeared, and there were 239 people on it. Uh, I put that at the bottom of my notes. Scroll down. So, 239 people. Yeah. And 227 of those were passengers. And most of them were Chinese. 153 of them were Chinese. 50 of them were Malaysian. And that's because this was a flight from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia to Beijing. Mm. It was a red eye overnight took over not took over <laughs> took over the world <laughs> um that would be a much better story honestly. i know um so it took off around 1 a.m i cannot sleep on planes so that sounds awful yeah i um Ooh, never tough. landed in beijing and the mm. plane itself was never located mm. and i'll get into detail about that so I'm going to start with the timeline of the night that it disappeared, which was March 8th, 2014. I've said that like eight times. 2014. Don't forget, there will be a test. There won't be a test. March 8th, 2014. Good job. We were, <laughs> your family was visiting and they were asking you about whales. They always do. JK, only when I'm in Japan. Yeah. Oh, I think I just turned on the, up the volume. On my headphones. You don't okay. sound louder to me. No, the on my headphones. There's like a little the wheelie thing. Oh, yeah. I have a little thing right here. I accidentally hit it. And I was too loud. That man from that train's going to come in here and tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, why are you in my house? <laughs> Good callback. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave that in now at the beginning. Yes. Okay. So, March 8th. 12.42, take off. Not 1 a.m., around 1 a.m. And this mm-hmm. is all Malaysia time, all the times that I'm going to use, just because mm-hmm. for simplicity. So 1.19 a.m., the Kuala Lumpur, oh, God, ACC stands for Aircraft Control. I don't know. Anyway, traffic air traffic control. I wrote oh. afterwards in question marks. Um, tells the plane to contact the air control in Ho Chi Minh City because they're going to move from... Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur's uh, range into Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh. And the pilot says, Good night, Malaysia 30, which is actually not his plane number, but I think I wrote that right. I think he said it different. Um, so he said it inaccurately. Maybe. I don't think that's that important, though. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the last contact from the airplane. He mm-hmm. just said good night. And then he never checks in. With Ho Chi Minh. Plane was supposed to land in Malaysia at 6:24 a.m. Malaysia time. Does not arrive at 7:20. Obviously, around that time, people are like, "Where's the plane? Where are our loved ones?" And it is eventually released that it's disappeared, and they do have a search that doesn't throw up it, throw up show up anything. Uh, so I feel like it's it's good to remember that and know kind of what the climate was before we get into the nitty gritty details of what happened that night. Because initially they didn't know all this. It wasn't released to the public. There was some stuff that wasn't initially released to the public because it has to do with the military radar 
Uh, the plane was tracked on military radar for a bit. So I kind of want to add a little air of mystery before I go into about what happened that night. But you're saying, and just to confirm, I Mm -hmm. hope I'm not just like missing details, but like when the pilot signed, signed off. So, Mm -hmm. so to speak, if I can use that language from the Malaysian like air traffic control to switch to Ho Chi Minh, that was when they lost signal. So I'm going to get into that. It's just, that's the last official or any contact that we got from the airplane. So that is the last time that we had contact. Okay. And I'll go back to March, the morning of March 8th. So he's supposed to, the, the pilot, let me find his name. This is my first time using notes for this. So I wrote it at the bottom. Where are you, sir? Oh, yeah, pilot, his name is Captain Z- Zahari. Mm. Yeah, Zahari. That's his first name. Zahari Ahmed Shah. Uh, we'll call him Zahari. I hope I'm saying that right. Sorry. Sorry to anybody who... Malaysian? Malay? Who speaks Malay? Is that what you call that? Oh. I think it's Malay. I think it is Malay. Okay. So, the captain says goodnight. Bye. In plain lingo. And he's supposed to check in with Ho Chi Minh City, the air traffic control. He never does. So mm-hmm. at that's at 1.19 a.m. At 1.57 a.m., the Kuai Lumpur uh, air control, air traffic control, gets a message from Ho Chi Minh air traffic control. And they say that the flight never checked in. And they eventually contact Belgian Airlines. They try to contact Flight 370. And they don't get any reply. Mm. All right. Spooky business part one. It's like wrote in my notes. 1.22 a.m. The plane disappears from air traffic control radar, which is three minutes after it leaves Kuala Lumpur uh, air traffic. And it's still tracked via via military radar. Now, the reason this is important is because uh, airplanes show up on air traffic control radar because of transponders. A transponder is a communication device on the plane. A signal is sent from the ground or from a satellite, and then it sends a signal back. Disappearing Mm -hmm. from this air traffic control suggests that the transponders were turned off. And this could be a person doing it, or it could be like a fire. Like, mm. if there was, it, could, it means that it could be a malfunction or it means someone did it. Mm. However, I will say it's a little suspicious that three minutes after they're supposed to change from one to an air traffic control region to another, the transponders go off. That also, is suspicious. at 1.22 a.m., the plane sharply turns from its original path and basically does a bit of a Yui. Let me show you the figure. So... You see this figure one? I labeled it figure one because I'm fancy. Oh my god, I love it! It's can you fancy. see that, or should I zoom in? I can see it. Oh, ah, those are don't look. Don't look. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, so this is the Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 known flight path. So, do you see down here where it says departs KLA? KLIA? Kind of the bottom center. Departs KLIA, yes. Okay, so that's where it starts. It goes over the Malaysian Peninsula, and it's supposed to keep going straight-ish to get to China. And pretty much the same time it turns, those responder, those transponders go off. It makes kind of a U. Would you would you describe that as a bit of a U-turn? Kind of, yeah. So it just kind of turns around to fly back over the Malaysian Peninsula. And it's supposed to be going to Beijing. Supposed so to be going to Beijing. That is the like opposite direction of Beijing. Yes. All right, I'm gonna stop the share. I might share that again later. But just to give you a visual. Figure one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I could have like sent those to you. I'll probably do that next time, so I don't have to keep going back. I and like forth. the share screen. But I can't look at my notes while I do it. No. Oh. All right. So sharply turns. Two twenty-two a.m., which is an hour later. The plane has left military radar while over the Andaman Sea, which is between Thailand and Indonesia, sort of. Mm, So it's 
going in a weird direction. So that's what we're going to note for now. Going back to 724 in the morning, an hour after plane's supposed to land, it was officially announced that it was missing and they lost contact in the early morning. Uh, the prime minister on, on March 24th, so a long time later, officially announces the plane has been lost, I guess meaning that they can't find it. Mm. Um, yeah, and they, they did, on Mar- that March 24th, I'll put here that they they tried to, I think, kind of help out the family members, um, had a meeting for them in Beijing, they notified them mm. by phone or text message in English and Chinese that their loved ones were presumed dead. It's really sad. Mm. I did see that. Oh my god, that's sad. It, it is. Um, that Malaysia Airlines is partly owned by the government, I think. And so they kind of have a law that if there's like a plane missing, they have to provide emotional support. I think I read somewhere. But some people in Beijing mm. had to go to Malaysia for it. So like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to yeah. go to Malaysia. But they did, I think. I, I don't know how they handled that. I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> okay. But Kuala so, Lumpur... I don't know mm-hmm. if I pronounced that right. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, is in Indonesia. No, it's in Malaysia. Sorry. It is in, Ma- it's in Malaysia. So it's it's in Malaysia. Okay. So it is a flight from Malaysia to China. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sure. I am not a geography person. That's okay. I could also be wrong. People on podcasts get wrong all the time. People, well, they're not going to email us because we don't have any fans yet. But eventually people will email us about how wrong we are. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, we will get fact check. I look forward to that day. God. Okay. I feel like I'm so disorganized here, but this is how I felt. This is how I wrote in the notes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So initially, the searches are in the South China Sea and the Gulf of Thailand, which are the places where first uh, contact was lost with air traffic control mm-hmm. and then where it left uh, military radar. But as mm-hmm. I was saying, that military radar information... Uh, wasn't released to the public at least until march 12th which was like four days later i don't know if it was released to officials earlier and it's because those those countries there are thailand vietnam they didn't want to like let other countries know what their military capabilities were Mm. so they kind of were like oh we saw a plane and we know the plane was missing but we don't know if it was your plane and we don't want to let you know what we know um but they confirmed that it was tracked on military radar. And that's how, if we go back to that figure, if that's how, let me show you again. That's how, see my cursor, so it turns. That's kind of how they have this turn. And that's how they know that it kind of flew into the Adaman Sea near Thailand. Um, and if you also look at this, north is here. And this is south, so it's flying. They lost track of it when it was headed south. Oh, okay. Right. Do you have any questions up until now? I'm absorbing the information. Okay. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You're making sense. I'm Thank absorbing. You. Thank you for the support. Okay. So they're searching. Spoiler alert. They don't find a, anything. Mm. I guess it's not a spoiler alert if I'm just going to tell you afterwards. <laughs> that initial search was from March 8th to 16th. All right. Then, da 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 da. That's not how this will say that. Dun dun dun. The search moved based on some new info. Uh, Sometime later, a week, couldn't really figure out when, there is some new information. This part is, the general explanation isn't that hard to understand, but there's a lot of, like, tiny technical details that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, like, whole section has, like, a whole damn Wikipedia page about, like, the data analysis that went into this. There's a lot of different ways to, like, airplanes are connected to the world or connected to, like, radar and, and communication and stuff. And one of these is satellite. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a company called Inmarsat, a telecommunications oh. company. They got a bunch of satellites up in space. And they, these, some of these satellites are connected to airplanes. They're kind of how you can get maybe internet on the plane or movies or make phone calls. Like, if you're out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so that's a basic mm-hmm. explanation. Ugh, my mouth is, like, so wet right now. I feel like I'm going to start drooling. You're salivating over this <laughs> I'm story. salivating. It doesn't sound good, coffee. given the context of the story. 
Maybe coffee's dehydrating. No, because you're salivating. Wait, wouldn't that? Okay, fine. I'll drink water. Opposite. Too. Drink water. This also happens when I sing karaoke. Really? I I'm like the opposite. I get like dehydrated. I think it's just like opening my mouth too much. Punishment. Mm. My body's like, shut up, woman. <laughs> I am sexist. That's my body. My body's sexist. Your body's sexist. <laughs> and not your mind. My body knows its place. <laughs> <laughs> That is what we advocate for on this podcast. <laughs> men's rights. We this body. is a men's rights podcast. <laughs> I'm telling my body to shut up. Stop farting. So basically, you get data signals from the satellite to the airplane. Okay, there's an active system supporting sending like messages back and forth for the airplane. That was shut off. Whatever the, whatever happened to the transponders, that shut off this thing. So I think they did try to call them from the satellite. Nothing happened. Mm. But one fascinating thing is, is that basically every hour, the plane, the communication system on the plane sends like a ping to the satellite. So it does this every hour. And it kept doing that, Becky. So that happened nine times and it kept sending pings until um 9 15 malaysia time the next morning so it continued to send pings was that past the time that it was supposed to have arrived yes wow and so what that means is this airplane kept flying south we presume for so eight hours it couldn't couldn't have been in the ocean had to have it been was in flying. It would only be doing this if it was flying. If it crashed, it would not be sending these pinks. Mm. Already spooky, right? Um, this is spooky. So it kept flying. And mm. because these people who were on the committee to like understand what happened to this plane were geniuses, they did a bunch of science and math. Mm. And they figured out some other stuff from these signals. Uh... Okay, so it tells us that the plane is flying. First of all, it tells us at the end of this thing's journey some information. So if you look at the list of pings, they happen every hour um, from about 341. You got 441, 541, 641, 713. Mm. Oh, that one's kind of weird. Anyway, they're about an hour until uh, 819. Following that, there's one. No, no, sorry. The 915 one was not a ping. That was where they that was where they expected one and they didn't get it. Mm. So it between mm. so sometime before that it fell into the ocean. Mm. We assume. So sorry, at 810 there was a signal. And then again at 819 there was a signal sent from the plane, which is kind of mm. weird because that's only nine minutes later. But what mm. that suggests to us is that when electricity goes out on the airplane and then it turns back on, it will send a ping. So it suggests to us that there was a power outage. And based on how much fuel was in the plane, it's very likely that this was fuel exhaustion. And what it means is that the fuel ran out, the thing, the electricity went out, maybe it turned back on for some important systems, sent a ping, and then probably crashed into the ocean sometime between 8.19 and 9.15. Holy shit. So that's what that suggests. Uh, also, due to math and some things i wrote way too many details about this i don't know why i did that. i love this well no i like wrote that for the airplane and the satellite because of this thing called bto which is the time difference between when a signal was sent and when it was received we don't need no bto and this BTO. other thing called bfo the difference between the expected and received frequency basically based on some frequencies from the signal um and the time difference between when they expected the signals and something kind of how maybe when I was looking at that list, I was like, wait, why isn't it 41? I don't know. Mm. They could come up with a prediction of where that plane was. And the way that worked, because I watched a documentary about this a long time ago on Netflix and I don't remember the name, but look it up. I'm sure there's might be more than one. Watch them all. Basically it, it it'll be like a ring. The episode notes. (laughs) There was like a, basically a ring kind of of where they thought the plane could be from like its original location and they did that for every ping and they were like it maybe it's here maybe it's here maybe it's here 
and based on a bunch of other stuff, fuel and math, they came up with two arcs of where the plane could have crashed. Mm. One of those is in the South Indian Ocean, and one of those is up in, like, Russia. Now, nobody saw a plane fly over Russia. Nobody saw that. Yeah. Um, so it was we're going like, south. Yeah, it was going south, but it could have turned, you know. Uh. Um, I think it was flying south. Anyway, it could have turned, but nobody saw any plane fly over land, so it didn't fly. It didn't do that. A bunch of conspiracy theorists will say that it did, but it did not, as far as I'm and these researchers are concerned. Hmm. So, it flew south into the Indian Ocean, basically. And that's where they moved the search. Hmm. So I can show you another figure. Share that screen, BB. So this is the initial search right here. This is where it lost contact with air traffic control. And hmm. this is where it lost it was lost from military radar. So this hmm. is the initial search. Didn't find anything because plane wasn't there. This hmm. is the middle of the Indian Ocean. Next to us. Not really next to Australia. Kind of far from Australia. And it shows a bunch of other searches. So the first one here was 28th of, no, 18th of March to 17th of March. It was like here, and then they moved up here. Basically, they just searched kind of all over this area. This is the arc that was predicted based on that satellite data. Mm. And I think they thought some spots were more likely than others. And then they searched some spots based on sea drift, if like it was a month later. Mm. None of these searches ever turned up anything. They never turned up anything. Found zero because the ocean is vast. Still, though, it's not like a large, you know, probably billion dollar, like, plane just disappears. This is the only, wait, I don't know if that's the only plane, but it's the only, oh shit, what's the name of this plane? I forgot to write. Is it a 747? I think it might be a 777. Oh, okay. Those are large planes. So it's the only one of those that we don't know where it is. That is crazy. (laughs) Just disappeared. (laughs) So they did those searches and they called off the search, I think, in 2017. I wrote that somewhere, but it's not here. But I have some more info. Some cool Mm. info. So those searches never turned up anything. But debris was found. Hmm. So this Inmarsat data analysis theory, that's a lot of words, was supported about a year mm-hmm. later when debris was found. July 29th, 2015, 16 months after the disappearance, on Reunion Island, which is off the coast of Africa in the Indian mm-hmm. Ocean, but belongs to France. A six-foot piece of airfoil was found, and the flapron. Wait, are those the same thing? I don't think a flapron is a six-feet piece of airfoil. I don't know. A flapperon? A flapperon. F-L-A-P-E-R-O-N. A flapperon is this thing that's on the wing. And you know, like, you know, like when you're on a plane and when you're like landing and they have this thing that kind of like. Yeah, those. I I think that's a flapperon. That's a flapperon. I think. And so they found that. Word of the day. And the serial numbers confirmed it was from image 370. (gasps) Where did they find the flapperon? On Reunion Island, which is a okay. island kind of off the coast of Africa in the Indian mm. Ocean. Mm. So that suggests that the plane crashed in the Indian Ocean. And I think also based on the flapron, they saw that it either was or wasn't mm. engaged or something, which supported mm. this theory that this plane just like nosedived into the ocean. Shit, dude. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, they also, on February 2016, found this thing uh, from an airplane. It had no step written on it. You looked at an airplane wing. There's a thing that says no step. Don't stand here. Don't stand uh, on the airplane wing. That was found in Mozambique. And then in June 2016, a bunch of other stuff was found in Madagascar. So they found several pieces of debris. Mm. And there was actually this guy... It was kind of interesting. I didn't know this until I researched this. His name is Blaine Gibson. He's some rich mystery hunter from California. Mm. I put. And he got really involved in this and he really wanted to find out what happened. So he went islands, went island hopping, looking for debris. And he found 
it. I don't know. I don't think he found the first one, but he found mm-hmm. that no step piece and he found a bunch of other because he like went to islands and told mm. the people living there. He's like, hey, I'll give you like 50 bucks if you bring me some debris you found on the beach. And people were mm. like, OK, I can use 50 bucks. Mm. And so he got a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, but also this guy now also he got like a lot of negativity on the Internet because it's the internet i mean i don't know i don't i don't think he's like a terrible dude i think he's just a rich guy that's interested in mysteries um he's as terrible as any other rich person i guess Mm -hmm. um so we got like death threats and now he just like completely um (laughs) avoids social media like he's so paranoid he doesn't talk on the phone anymore apparently uses whatsapp and changes sim card a lot this poor dude so wow he's definitely not listening that hard but Sorry, buddy. It's rough. I don't like. I don't know if things were that scary or if he's just old and scared of the internet. I don't want to say that. Like anybody afraid for their life doesn't deserve to be afraid for their life. I just don't know what happened or what the extent. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. So Mr. Gibson really helped out there. All right. The official search ended in 2017. Didn't mm-hmm. find anything. All the stuff that was found was that debris on those highlands. Mm-hmm. And it was the most expensive search in aviation history. It cost mm-hmm. the it cost a US dollar $155 million. Didn't find anything. $155 million and they found nothing. Yeah. Okay. What about all those people? Yeah, so I... That's pretty much the background. Everything else is going to be theories about what happened. Do you have any questions or comments before I dive into the, that? I'm just curious. That? I mean, I guess this is gross, but like, did they find like bodies or body parts? As far as I've seen, no, they did not find any bodies or body parts. Just oh my god! Those. And there's literally like what two hundred people on that flight? There were two thirty nine. Wow, that's sad. Today's episode is a downer. <laughs> Next episode brought to you by The Bachelor. <laughs> okay. okay. I guess that's exciting. I don't know. That's a lot of people getting turned down. Like, I don't know a lot about The Bachelor, but there's like two that's people that are supposed to go together. That's true. A lot of rejection on The Bachelor. <laughs> I did read once on the internet. Someone was like, why don't we have a gay bachelor, a gay bachelorette? And then somebody was like, the idea was floated, but they didn't do it because they were like, everybody's going to like get caught up with each other and like mm-hmm. stop focusing on the main guy because like mm-hmm. everybody is attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. Like if it's all women yeah. or all men. Then yeah. you're just... <laughs> if it were just like if it were a lesbian bachelorette. Yeah. It would just be a dating show. It would just be a dating show. This is... mm-hmm. More things should be gay. But we don't necessarily have to make. This is gonna sound like I hate the Bachelor. Make straight things gay. I feel like the Bachelor works. The Bachelor as a is thing. a straight thing. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very heterosexual. It's thing. very heteronormative. Mm-hmm. It's very like traditional in terms of the values it like propagates. Yeah, sorry. This is uh, I'm making you talk about something that you might teach me in the future. <laughs> this anyway, is a preview. I'm obviously not anti enjoying thing enjoying trash trashy tv i love trashy tv i watch love is blind uh, yes love is blind i still follow the hamiltons on the internet got to okay all right going into some theories of what mm. exactly happened mm. some of these are conspiracy theories actually i left out a lot of conspiracy theories because they were just so dumb mm. okay one theory is a hijacking mm. And initially, there was a report, well, it was true, two passengers were using stolen passports. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, oh my god, terrorists. But it kind of seems like they were just refugees. I think they were from Iran, and they were just refugees, and they'd gotten some stolen Australian passports. They weren't mm-hmm. terrorists. Mm-hmm. So... Could have been a hijacking, potentially. 
if it wasn't at hijacking, uh, could have been someone on the plane. Some strengths of this. It explains why the plane turned suddenly. It explains that flight path that it took. The reason the transponders were turned off at the right time. It explains all that. However, mm. weaknesses. Why would you hijack a plane and then dro- like drive it into the ocean? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. The debris suggests the plane crashed. Like, if you hijack a plane, you would take it somewhere. But there's been no one claimed responsibility, no evidence of the plane being anywhere but in the ocean. Well, my thought, too, is, like, what is the motivation? Yeah, what's the motivation? Mm-hmm. What's the motivation? Um, there's also this theory floating around online, maybe also in the news, that there could have been an electronic hijacking. As you said, mm. planes have a lot of computer. <laughs> they have a computer. lot of computer. One large One computer. computer. <laughs> they have a lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> I have an English teacher, everybody. Yes, English. I used to teach it. <laughs> yes, Rebecca also used to have basically the same job as me, but in a different part of yes. Japan. Yes. A different part. A different part of what? Just a different part. part. You did teach. I teach high school and you taught junior high. I taught junior high and then I taught adults when I lived in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. I have not Mm -hmm. taught adults. That was fun. Just teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. So it could have been electronic. Strengths of this. Same as above. Explains the plane Mm. uh, moving in a way that seems like someone was controlling it. Weaknesses, kind of the same above. Like, why are you going to hack a plane and then drive it into the sea? Mm. Um, and also, I think this has kind of been debunked that it's really not possible to hijack a plane like this. I just don't think it's very feasible. And a lot of people it's experts not possible? don't think it's feasible. Yeah, because, like, you'd have to hijack the autopilot, but then all the pilot has to do is turn off the computer. Potentially. I don't know. I'm not a pilot. But so that would require then like a hijacker being on the plane to like take out the pilot and then someone from a remote location to that doesn't make any sense. I guess the theory is just that it was remote and they took over the plane so much that the pilots mm. couldn't do anything. Mm. I don't know if that's how hacking an airplane works. My knowledge is limited in this respect. It is as well. Um, I also saw, kind of on a physical hijacking, there could have been, like, a hybrid physical electronic because there's this, like, electronics bay right outside the pilot's door, potentially, Mm. that you could, like, go into and, like, Mm. bypass the Mm. cockpit. But I think that was just the documentary I was watching, trying to be cool and be like, look at this interesting thing. And they don't Mm. have a lot of evidence, so that's even possible. Mm. Another theory was fire there was a fire on board so i initially was like that's bonkers that doesn't explain anything why did the plane move and one thing that wikipedia informed me about is that Mm -hmm. that would explain a the transponders being turned off because a they could have been damaged or the pilot was like i'm gonna turn down as much electronic stuff as I can Mm. to focus on flying the plane and that U-turn could have been making an emergency landing and perhaps this fire could have caused hypoxia meaning that everybody the plane was depressurized and everybody died because they didn't have enough oxygen Mm. which by the way is a very peaceful way to go really you just go to sleep you don't literally like gasp or anything you're just like I'm sleepy And then perhaps maybe the plane kept flying on autopilot after that. Um, Mm. The weakness of this is it doesn't really explain that kind of second turn Mm. you remember on the figure. Yes. Like, it doesn't really explain that. Why would the autopilot do that? Mm. And it just seems weird that the auto, like, like, why would autopilot be on after they took control of the airplane to try to land it? I don't know, maybe mm. autopilot takes over if you're, like, getting to... I don't know. Mm. If you're, like, you don't touch the uh, the little steering wheel for long enough, that the pilots, the autopilot's like, gotta take care of this. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't really go for that. Mm. But mm, could be. All right, crazy ass theory. Conspiracies. Airplane swallowed by a black hole. No. No. Probably. All right. There was also this like internet theory that it was captured by the U.S. and flown to this Diego Garcia Air Base. I was supposed to look at where that was, but basically it was conspiracy. Um, there's also a conspiracy that like it was hijacked and then somebody <laughs> shot it down or then did an electronic hijacking mm-hmm. to crash it to like prevent it from crashing somewhere. Mm. So that would explain the hijacking thing mm-hmm. and how we never heard anything from the hijacker. It's because somebody killed them and everybody on the plane. But I haven't seen any good evidence of that. There was also a spooky paragraph on Wikipedia called the Phantom Cell Phone Hypothesis. And it was that passengers were still alive, but couldn't answer their cell phones because some family member reported that they would call their family's friend's cell phone. And Mm -hmm. instead of getting a busy or off signal, they would get a ring. But some people said that sometimes cell towers do that when they can't get a signal. They just ring until... Mm. Cuts off. Okay. I just thought that was spooky. That was spooky. Also, the idea that North Korea hijacked the plane and took it to North Korea and then, like, Mm. flew it as a North Korean airplane. I don't know. No evidence. That's... People just want to pin it on North Korea. That's a scapegoat. (laughs) So, there was a lot of bonkers theories. But those were just some highlights. Last... Theory. I'm just I'm, I'm dancing. I'm trying to hype you up. The viewers can't <laughs> is, see us. My... The listeners not see. They're this not viewers. They can't. Not see a theory us. I want to hype up. Okay. All right. Let's not um, hype up this theory. Let's hype it down. <laughs> I haven't even said it. To you. You're gonna. <laughs> okay. It is crew member hijacking slash suicide. So someone on the plane took control. Just fucking killed everybody on the plane and themselves. So the two suspects would be the captain or the co-pilot. Hmm. Now, this has happened before. 1997, Silk Air, which is, um, I was in Silk Air, Singapore. I can't remember. Pilot flew plane into a river. Hmm. They determined suicide. 1999, hmm. Egypt Air. Co-pilot crashed into the sea off the coast of Long Island. Hmm. So that's like in America. Mm-hmm. 2013. LAM Mozambique Airlines crashed into the ground, killing 27 passengers, six crew. And then in 2015, famously, German wings, this is after the Malaysia flight, uh, flew into the Alps. The pilot waited for his co-pilot to go to the bathroom, locked him out, flew it into a mountain or in the ground, and killed everybody as a means of suicide. Oh, selfish. So this has happened. That's beyond selfish. Isn't that crazy? So, mm. the suspects. First, we have the co-pilot. Well, he doesn't seem like a good candidate for being super suicidal. Obviously, you don't know who's suicidal. But he seemed happy. He was getting married. He was quite young. He was 27. That's how old we are. Oh, God. It just it doesn't make the most sense. Um, so, moving on to the captain... Some friends say he was sad and lonely in the Pace's room. He was rich. His wife had moved out. His kids were grown and gone. He lived in a big house all alone. So he did seem kind of depressed, potentially. And there was also, he had a home flight simulator. And there was a flight path found on that flight simulator that some say was very oddly similar to the flight path of Malaysia Airlines 370, mm. meaning that it just flew kind of and ended into the southern Indian Ocean. 
Mm. which is where the plane ended up. Now, I've seen really conflicting reports about this. Some news sites say, oh, yeah, it's crazy. This was similar. And then some news sites are like, eh, I don't know if it's that big a deal. So the home flight simulator, there was a lot of flights on there. There are some signs pointing to the fact that he he could have done that. He could have just killed everybody by flying them into the ocean. Obviously, nothing is proven. And I don't want to say that he definitely did this because we don't have evidence and you really shouldn't condemn a man to saying that he did a giant murder-suicide when you don't know for sure. But to me, this makes the most sense. Mm. Like, nothing else makes as much sense as this does to me. It is weird and sad, but it could have happened. Mm. People do weird stuff. One, I don't know if this is comforting, but... There's a hypothesis about a hypoxic event. Hypoxic Mm. means plane was depressurized and people died by going to sleep. So initially, when transponders were turned off, there was that sharp turn. There was a data ping sent to the MRSAT satellite, which suggests Mm -hmm. that there was a power outage. And some people have hypothesized that that meant that there was a power outage that could have been caused by whoever's flying the plane. They turned off power. Oh, because, sorry, the other important thing is that at that same time, the plane flew up to about 40,000 feet, which is the limit for that plane. Mm. And so it's theory, plane, 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 flew up really high. And then the electricity was switched off by whoever was flying the plane. And then the pilot has his own special electronic, not electronic, oxygen mask. Mm. And that has a lot of oxygen in it. However, you know those oxygen masks in the plane last for like 15 minutes. Because... Really? They only last 15 minutes? Or 20 minutes. It's not a long time. Because their purpose isn't to keep you alive the whole flight. It's so that the the plane, the pilot can fly the plane down to a low enough um, altitude that everybody can breathe normally because i guess they don't have enough space to put a whole bunch of oxygen oh that's interesting yeah so yeah something else to be terrified about when you get in an airplane no i tangent when (laughs) i was a grad student in tokyo in my international business program that's a fun fact about me um i met a guy who used to work for he either worked for Boeing or worked for another like major aircraft manufacturer. And he was talking about how um, like those air, like to construct the aircraft, it's, it's so costly. It's such a massive investment that like those companies will, you know, go above and beyond to secure that like, this is a safe experience because mm-hmm. it is such a massive, massive loss yeah. of like yeah. not only the vehicle like itself in terms of dollars, but like all of the people that could potentially sue the airline company, you know, for the malfunction and win. And that's millions and millions of dollars they have to pay out. So like, like he explained to me, he's like, when you're in an airplane, you are in like one of the safest vessels in the world you are yay capitalism did something right i know they did that because there was people on there i i know and i i remember even talking to him about it and he was like yeah no it's nothing to do with like the goodness of their hearts like it's purely monetarily motivated but it does work to your advantage yeah airplanes are generally very safe i'm still terrified of flying but i still do it not this year but Living abroad, I do it, usually do it once or twice a year. Yeah, sorry, there was a tangent. So anyway, the point is that somebody who was flying the plane may have brought it up to 40,000 feet, turned off the electricity to depressurize the plane, and they could have had their own um, oxygen tank, so they could keep flying for a while. And maybe, graciously, I don't know, murdered everyone on the plane by just letting them go to sleep. So I like to, I like, God, I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the people who were on that airplane did die. It's very unfortunate, very sad, 
heartbreaking. But I like to think that whether through whoever was flying the plane's actions or maybe an accident, that the plane was depressurized and everybody just went to sleep and they didn't have to, like, die screaming mm. into the ocean. That's what I like to think. Yeah, I would like to think that. So, regardless of the cause, we might not ever know. Well, actually, we go on a tangent. <laughs> this wasn't stuff that I wrote down, but reading about the committee or just the, the looking into of the flight, the mm. crash. The Malaysian government half owns or it partially owns this um, airline. And so they kind of had it in their interest to not, I think they wanted to make this look good or look better a for making their country look maybe not so bad and maybe financial. They, they needed people to use Malaysia airlines. So they may have been hesitant to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. our pilot committed suicide and killed everyone. Mm-hmm. Or, really to explain what happened so there is potentially that and i do think also from stuff that i read it seemed like they may have thought that the pilot suicide was the most likely scenario but as i said you really can't condemn a man to that without having solid evidence um Mm. so i think they were really hesitant to just say that's what it was without proof because you know this man has family and i would say Mm. there's no proof that there's mm-hmm. no there's no definite proof that he did that. That's what I think is most likely, but I don't know. The suicide. Yeah. And so it seems to me that seems to be the prevailing yeah. theory, even to the people who looked into it, even if they mm-hmm. don't advertise or talk about it that much. But the one thing I was thinking I would, that when you explained that theory. I was thinking yeah. that. So and the because the one thing I would say is it really seems to be like somebody consciously flew that plane back over the Malaysia Peninsula and out to the ocean. It really does not match up mm-hmm. with an accident from my perspective mm-hmm. and other people's perspective. So it could be a hijacker, which doesn't make a lot of sense, or it could be the pilot or the co-pilot killing everybody. Woof. Anyway, regardless of the cause, MH370 most likely ended in the Southern Indian Ocean, killing everyone on board. Oh, the God. flight was carrying 239 souls, which included 227 passengers and 12 crew members. The crew were two pilots, Captain Zahari, and the first officer, Farik Abdul Hamid, and 10 cabin attendants. Sorry, I can't talk. 10 cabin attendants. All from Malaysia. Mm. Of the Mm. 227 passengers, 153 were Chinese, and 50 Mm. were Malaysian. Mm. Uh, there were people from 14, 15 countries, mm-hmm. Australia, Canada, China, France, India, Indonesia, Iran, Malaysia, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Russia, Taiwan, Ukraine, and the U.S. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different people perished on that plane. And it's really tragic and it's really sad. And my heart goes out to all those families that lost someone, all those friends they lost someone because it sucks to not know what happened. Mm. And I don't think we're ever going to know anymore. I don't think we're going to find the plane. They've given up. It's really hard to find the plane in the ocean. Is that like kind of the conclusion is just that like because it was like an ocean crash that to find the debris would be really difficult? Well, you can find ocean debris, but you need to search quickly. Because mm. the best way to find it is to find it on the surface before mm. it reaches underneath. Because there was a plane, maybe after this. No, maybe before. I don't know. It was a plane from Europe that crashed mm. in the Atlantic Ocean. And they found that. They found the black box. But they found it, I think they started look. they may have found it like a month after. It wasn't that long. And they, they found it. And the black box is the key. They, yeah, they found the black box in that case. And honestly, even if they found the black box here, it probably wouldn't help them because black boxes don't record everything. They record like one or two hours at a time because mm. the importance part is supposed to be right before the crash so that you can find yeah. out what happened. But in this case, the plane kept flying for like eight hours. Mm. So you're just going to, unless the pilot's there and he's like, we're about to crash. Let me tell you what happened. Or, like, the hijacker or whatever. Unless somebody was conscious in the cockpit and felt like having a confession. 
Confession. Mm. You might not know what happened. Damn. Yep. Damn. So that Can is Malaysian Airlines. Oh. Terrifying of an experience. That would be. I hope every. I, I... Eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah. No contacts with loved ones. Yeah. I, I still think that if people were on that plane, I think they died like an hour into the flight. I think that the plane was depressurized. I think there's decent evidence of that. Or maybe I, I just want to believe that. Case. I want to believe that. Yeah, the I thought that they that. were alive. I also hope that the plane was depressurized because the thought that they were alive for the full eight hours and went kicking and screaming to their death in the ocean is horrifying. Although mm. it does remind me, you know, like a year later, less than a year later, there was another mm. Malaysian airline flight that crashed over Europe. And that one, they know what happened. It got hit by a missile because it flew over the Ukraine, I think. Mm. And at that time, Russia and Ukraine were having kind of a, a war over the Crimean Peninsula? Uh, no. Yeah. Over some peninsula. I don't know. <laughs> over They were having disagreement. And somebody shot a rocket up, mm. I guess, thinking it was a military plane. And mm. it went down. Mm. And Russia doesn't want to reclaim responsibility. And the Ukraine, uh, I think they're like maybe more like guerrilla. But I don't know. I don't think they're like the government. But they didn't want to claim either. Because nobody wants mm. to claim shooting down mm. a civilian aircraft. But somebody did it. Somebody shot, accidentally shot that plane out of the sky and killed more people than MH370. I can't remember the number, but it was like 250 or 300. Jeez. And that plane, it's a little addendum. That plane, when it got hit, broke in half. <gasps> and I don't know what happens... If you're in a plane that breaks in half, are you conscious? How long are you conscious? Pilot listeners, comment <laughs> below. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us Tweet all. at us. <laughs> Tweet at us. What's our Twitter? Uh, it's at TMI underscore pod. Yes. And what's our Insta? At that's my interest pod. Yep. And we got three followers. Me. Rebecca, and shout out to, to Justin. Shout out! <laughs> Following us, I didn't even send it to him. It showed up on his recommended, and he was like, that's my girlfriend's podcast. And then he followed it. So thank you, I Justin. Stand. Thank you, Justin. Alright, so yeah. I guess that's all for Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. Really started us on a downer. R.I.P. Genuinely. Yeah. Very sad. Very interesting, but very sad. The very intriguing, spooky thing. It's crazy. Like, that is scarier than any horror movie I have seen in recent past, and I have seen a lot of horror movies. I've been watching a lot of horror movies lately. That might be a future episode. What, What horror movie do you recommend? Um, ha- I mean, have you seen Midsummer? I have seen Midsummer, yeah. So good. Um, have you seen uh, The Witch, which is by no. the same director? Is it? Well, if you if you didn't Do you like mean Hereditary, no. Although Hereditary did- is good, he only did two movies. I thought he did Hereditary oh. and Midsummer because Justin and I had a my boyfriend and I had director? a whole discussion. I have not seen The Witch. You should watch The Witch. It's really good. Um, that I, you've also seen Hereditary? I have. I have to say, um, I liked Hereditary more. I watched it after Midsommar. Mm. But I have to say, I got one thing to say to that director, whose name I don't remember. If you're out there, also, this is like a minor spoiler. I'll try to keep it general. But uh, I feel like he's got this one trick where he does something tragically horrifying and then some woman is like freaking out and her partner Mm. has to like hold her while she scream cries Mm. and i'm not into it Mm. i'm not into it it's one trick pony one trick pony because don't you remember at the beginning of midsummer that thing happened yep and then in hereditary hereditary that thing happened 
they were similar i had similar feelings Mm, i know what you're talking about um and it definitely wasn't the same director the witch is not the same director so i don't know what i was thinking i usually wouldn't know anything about directors but justin and i uh um had like a very in-depth conversation about this director oh i see okay then you definitely know better than me (laughs) i didn't mean to like Horror movie explain to you. No. Horror movie explain away. I'm here to learn. Have you seen Insidious, the first one? Yes. It's been a long time, though, so don't ask me to recall. I watched it recently, and it had the most terrifying jump scare. I, like, it was dark. I screamed. (laughs) My boyfriend screamed, and then he, like, curled into me like I was going to protect him. Totally understandable. it was so fun. Hate roller That's coasters. Awesome. Love jump scares. I love jump scares too, but I like roller coasters. I don't like roller coasters. I wouldn't say I'm like a lover, but but I do like you. Are you a fighter? I'm a fighter. I'm not a <laughs> lover. <laughs> I'm a fighter, not a lover. <laughs> fight me. You're like I fight those roller coasters. Yeah. Pew pew pew. All right. Uh, I guess is that everything? Should we wrap up? Rebecca's I guess dancing. We wrap up. I was fist fighting slash she was, dancing. She was fisting. I was, I was fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fisting break. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Rebecca also lives alone, so we know who she was fisting. <laughs> fisting myself. God. Ugh, you, do people do that? Something. Fist yourself. Same pleasurable comment below if you fist yourself (laughs) email us (laughs) if you can tell us about if you can fist yourself not no photographic evidence please we won't reveal your your we won't won't shout you out we won't be like unless you want to be shouted out send us your only fans send us link us to the only fans okay fisting only fisting only Okay. Oh my god. All right. And on that note, I guess this has been TMI. This has been that was TMI. TMI. <laughs> that was that last part was TMI. It was too much information and my interest. I'm not I'm not interested in fisting. Um, I I won't be doing an episode on fisting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all folks. That's all. Goodbye. <laughs>